Good day to you. Welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Episodes are a little bit sparse right now. And, uh, you know, the reason for that basically is I've just kind of felt quiet. The things that have been stirring in me are just kind of beyond words. You know, it's just kind of been a silent season. Silent in the sense of, you know, I just feel really pressed to continue introspection. And you know, sometimes that's just a necessary place for us to just set up camp for a little while. Of course, we always stay in that vein, I would like to say, of of the constant self-examination, looking inward. Um, But I've just got some things this morning churning, and I think this will be probably short today. What do we do with what we personally define is truth? Now we're talking biblically, we're talking about spiritual maturity, studying to show yourself approved. Whatever we define as revealed, unveiled truth that Yahweh God in His goodness and His kindness has revealed to any one of us, has any, in any measure... And let's just be honest, all of us are in different places. We're all in different markers along the the path of our journeys. All of us, we're all in different places. There are things now that God is teaching me that, you know, that just would have made no sense to me 10 years ago. It would have been foolishness. There are things now today that I'm just not, being taught. I'm not investigating for myself. I'm not trying to glean from other people who have understanding towards certain things because, you know, that's not where I am today. And I'm sure this is true for you and for everyone else as well. We are all in different places along the journey of spiritual maturation and change, sanctification. It's our life, right? I hope it's your life. It is a lifelong endeavor. And here's the thing, right, that I'm thinking today. What do we do with what we define as truth with any, anyone else in our life that we would define as, you know, our peers? Our family? Extended family? Friends, acquaintances, our neighbors? Others within whatever gathering we are a part of, fellowship with other believers, assembling together, what do we do with what we personally define as truth? What do we do with others who, in present moment, don't agree with what we say is true. And, and most specifically, what I'm, what I'm trying to just meditate on this morning, what is my true agenda 
with anyone that I would, quote, share truth with? Am I trying in any way just to get them to believe and see things as I do and like I do? Am I just trying to convince them to see things the way I see them and when? And if they see them the way I do, hey, they too have now found truth. We, we say things like, well, God is doing a work in Brother Jim. He's revealing things to Sister Beth. You know, I'm just grabbing names, of course. And, and if we're not careful, and I mean, just put this in your train of thought, in your own perspective, in your life. In any way, are what is what we're really saying, the fact that God is, quote, leading that person, that brother, that family member, that neighbor, to believing like I do? <laughs> it, does that in any way mean, well, brother Mark is starting to believe like me, a.k.a. receiving the truth? I put that over in your in your thinking in your life experience alongside friends and families and neighbors people you work with anyone you would consider you have any ounce of influence alongside and towards do we define people discovering the truth in any way, as when they begin to believe like me. <laughs> Let's just try to make this a quick metaphor, just to make my point clear in case for some reason I'm not making sense. Let's say I believe that biblically, doctrinally, the sky is green. Brother Jim, for his whole life, has believed it's blue. Now, Scripture's not real clear. Again, metaphorically. It could kind of go either way. It's preferential, maybe. Vantage point. Personal understanding. Scriptural interpretation. Well, you know, there's no real black and white necessarily. And I see Jim as lesser. He's just not quite where I am spiritually. Believing the sky is green. Or blue. Now I'm ruining my own metaphor because I don't remember which I said he believes. <laughs> so let's just say he believes it's blue. I think that's what I said at the beginning. I think it's green. Well, Jim is starting to believe that, you know, maybe it is, maybe it is green. Oh, brother Jim is beginning to see truth. He's beginning to find truth, also known as believing like me. And friends, I just feel a real caution to the body of Christ about our understanding towards this principle. 
If our goal is to convince Brother Jim that the sky is in fact green because I'm convinced it's green, and I define him as, quote, being in the truth when he begins to see things from the exact same opinion that I see things as, I think we have some questions and some concerns. Because let's, let's just face it, and I'm always saying this, what you define as doctrinally right, your measure of truth, friends, it is nowhere near perfection. What I believe is true is flawed. It's got error within it. I don't care how advanced anyone becomes as a teacher, leader, pastor, evangelist, prophet. Friends, we're flawed vessels. All of us are seeking, hopefully, And not everyone is, I know that, but I mean, again, I'm talking to people who are really seeking after the things of the kingdom. I'm talking about people who are infatuated with becoming sanctified and and moving greater and greater towards the likeness and image of the Son. This is no mere blanket statement to everyone on the earth. This is quite specific. But I just feel a caution to be careful that we don't brand people, quote, coming into the truth and responding to the work of the Lord because I start to see them more and more identifying with what I believe is true. In other words, to make this point crystal clear, and we'll move out a little bit different here after this, we have to be careful that in no way are we saying that someone is walking closer to Messiah and truth because they're looking more and more like me. Now we have to be careful because there's probably someone out there because this is what I'm thinking because I'm just an argumentative guy. Well, what about things Paul said? Paul said, hey, walk like I walk, brother. Follow me in a sense. We're following Messiah, of course, but it's okay to do what I'm doing. Well, yes and amen. And Paul, outside of the other side of his body, was also equally saying, look, I'm the worst in the room. I'm full of error. I will lead the way in issues, but I'm pursuing the Master. I'm pursuing the Savior. And he could have rightfully said, hey, I don't, I don't have problems. I don't make mistakes. I was the law keeper of law keepers, and now I still am in Messiah. I'm the culmination of the whole package, brother. Yeah, he could have said that. But even in his confidence and in his boldness and in his assurance that what he had found was true, again, the culmination that was in Messiah, meeting everything he had led up to in his life, everything that had led him up to Messiah, merging, culminating together, if you will, in the fulfillment of everything that had been added to his life. When he met the Messiah and when he encountered him, he said, whoa, I had no idea I was persecuting you. Thank you, in a sense, for blinding my eyes because now I'm going to dedicate my entire life 
to, to moving more and more into your likeness and assisting others to do likewise. But first and foremost, let us be careful to just like, um, guess what? We're probably not like Paul. You're probably not like Paul. May we have some of his attributes. May we have his tenacity. May we have his humility, even in his confidence. All these things, yes and amen. But friends, I'm just saying it's a very strong possibility that neither you nor I walk in a level of maturity as Paul did. In restraint. In proper correction and teaching. Let's be careful of how highly we elevate and exalt ourselves. So what is truth? What is right? What's the will of the Lord for your family and friends and neighbors and acquaintances and people you're going to meet today at the grocery store? What are our expectations? What's our goal? What's the bar we're setting? Are we gauging ourselves against ourselves? What's our plumb line? Well, I'm more spiritual than than the wide way mainstream church. Yeah, well, guess what? That's not a real accomplishment. (laughs) I used to really boast in that for years. Holy cow. My tenacity to mature and to grow and to be changed, man, I'm annihilating the bar that the church raises. I could do that in my sleep, right? And if not, if not careful, we can puff ourselves up and have a, an, an, a very unhealthy way to measure truth in our lives. And another little thread within that is, are you under authority? Are you under authority right now in your life? Well, I'm under the headship and lordship of the Messiah, the great high priest, yes and amen. But as I'm always saying on here, with great regularity, and I know I'm redundant, if you cannot come underneath a man and submit yourself to a human form, a man, a mere man, How in the world can we be found completely submitted to an unseen, holy, righteous God who is spirit? I believe they have to be synonymous. Plus, I just believe we, at, at the least, risk being really single-minded and always right. We always know truth, right? Well, who are we comparing it to? Who's... Whose authority am I submitting it to on any level, whether small or great? Hey, brother, is this right? What do you think? Is this true? Because in my own understanding, in my own perception, man, this seems like a home run, but guess guess what? There's no plurality of the brethren to filter and to rightly judge anything that I'm saying is true. Friends, I've learned, like, recently the value within that 
My prayer is that that will remain for the rest of my days and whatever journey the Lord has me and my household on, I don't know. But I'm seeing the cost that, that, that I paid by not having someone to tell me I was wrong. Or to even just rightly in humility even just, you know what? I think maybe you're just looking at that just wrong. <laughs> I think your perspective is just off. Not a correction in the sense of a admonition, but in the sense of, you know what? You might want to just tweak that some and listen to a different perspective that doesn't originate in your own spirit and your own thoughts. Friends, do you have that? And I'm not talking about your spouse. <laughs> I have that in my wife in measure, but it's not her function. It's not her role. It needs to be in the brethren. It needs to be in the body. And I think that if we lack that, this goes back to the point that I started at, and then we'll bring this to a close. I think we risk being, we just risk being forerunner guys who run out and like execute the will of the Lord as we see it and hope for the best because we're passionate. Great intentions. That was most of my life. Great intentions. Holy cow, we're going to do this. And we can't question why things unfold the way they do in our lives. They just do. We, we try to seek the will of the Lord, and some things are just left unanswered. But I think if we're not in a place of willing submission in the ordained order of God's government and kingdom in people, I believe that we can really wander. I know we can. I know we can, but I believe we will. Even with our best intentions now, why? My goal is to get you to see things how I see them because I'm my own measuring rod. I hear the Lord, you know. I fast, I pray, I study, I know Him. I'm telling you again, why can I speak to this? Because this was the majority of my life. It's not that I was undisciplined. It's not that I didn't study. It's not that I didn't hear the word of the Lord. It was just me hearing the Lord. And maybe in a season submitting it to the brothers who basically said, yeah, okay. For the most part, not always, but for the most part. No real authority. And I'm not going to go down this road, but friends, we've got to be careful that somewhere in our hearts we don't really despise authority and despise being a nobody in the kingdom from our own perspective or from the viewpoint and vantage point of others. Well, I'm somebody, you know. I'm called to a function. I'm called to a position. Well, you know what? It's a gift from God, brother. It's a gift from God, sister. It's not yours. Whatever my function is in the body, it is not mine. It's a gift. And I submit it again and again to the giver of the gift to do what he wants and wills with it.
he'll make a place. When I pursue, I pursue now, placing myself under authority. Placing myself underneath the, the entirety, the plurality of the corporate, global, eternal people of God, body of Christ. My goal for anyone, just in my heart now, we don't have things written out. None of us have all these things in some documented form. I just mean in our heart of hearts. I want to be sure and clear that my goal to brand you or anyone else, even my own family, as, quote, seeking the Lord or finding truth when you arrive at what I define as seeking the Lord and what I define as truth. It can't be our goal, friends. We've got to raise our bar. We've got to raise our goals and expectations and be clear and sure that we're not tainting the motivations of our heart. That we're not muddying up the process of God. In fact, really doing a work in any other person that God might use us to bring it about. And just to be clear in final closing in, in this episode, I am in no way promoting the doctrine, the belief, the statement, if you will, that you know what, God, just move me out of the way and do your work. Just move me out of the way. I'm nobody, God. Move me out of the way. It's not about me. I do not believe in that. God cor- really corrected me and convicted me on that um, several years ago. And I still am in the same place in regards to that. No, I have a vital role. I have a position. I have a function. I have a purpose. I have a part, a component of bringing about the will of the Lord on the earth in other people. That is why we yet remain for those of us who have been born again and moved into the eternal people of God. To perpetuate the kingdom. To reproduce... Messiah in other people on the earth, in the here and now. That's why we yet remain. And so, yes, we have a function. We have a great purpose. Boy, do we have a purpose. But my challenge is, let's let's all of us make sure we do our part. Let's do our part. Let's really do our part now to absolute fullness. But let's make sure that we're not we're not crossing over our boundaries. That we're not superseding the, the, the working of the Spirit of the Lord to bring anyone in our life to truth as Yahweh God defines, not as you or me define it. Again, our goal should not be in our heart, in any place. You are now becoming more godly, more right, when you look more and more like me. When you look more like me, amen, bless the Lord, I see the work of the Lord in your life, brother. No, 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 no. You're looking more like the Messiah. You're looking more like the Messiah. And yes and amen, may those be synonymous. Oh, please, God. May they be synonymous, yes. But may we be careful and cautious that our our goal and our trajectory is not to get any other person to look and agree with us more and more. More like us, more 
along our line of doctrine, our line of thinking towards spiritual matters, or what we call truth. We are all on a journey to the fullness of truth. So let's do our rightful function. Let's be our rightful place. Yes and amen. But let's make sure our main purpose, our heart's posture is, oh, great king, help me to take that person from where they are and move them more into your likeness. Not more like me, not more like my belief system, not more like my doctrines. And then if they do those things, confirmation, the Lord is at work. But no, no, no. Oh, great king, help me to take Brother Bill and move him more towards your likeness, your image, as I'm doing the same. Help us, oh God, to be more and more like you. Not more and more like one another. (laughs) Not more unified in just how we look and what we believe. No way, that's too small. That's too small. Our goal must be to move together side by side more like the sun. More like the sun. More like the sun. Not more like one another. The unity of the Spirit overrides how we, you and me, look side by side. It's got to be something deeper. It's got to be something of the Spirit, sourced in the Spirit of God, unifying human beings by His Spirit. And it overrides our camaraderie, friends. It overrides our natural preferences. It overrides our lifestyles. It does. I'm seeing it firsthand in my life. I literally feel the Spirit of God and the unity of the Spirit teaching and training me to override my personal preference and what I deem as godly, ungodly. There's something greater. There's something greater, I would even say, stirring in the earth right now of people who are willing to say, you know what, you look nothing like me, brother, and guess what, I don't even like you. But you know what, it's not about that. My goal is not to get you to look more like me. My goal is to keep my eyes on the sun and to say, brother, are your eyes on the sun? Let's be unified in the Spirit to tap into what the Spirit is saying and how we become like Yeshua Messiah together. And I'm telling you right here and now, only the Spirit of God can do that. Only the Spirit of God can unify men, humanity, in such a supernatural way. It is absolutely supernatural. It overrides everything that we fall upon easily And I get it. (laughs) I want to do it. You look like me. You talk like me. You believe like me. We are in unity. Friends, I'm telling you, this is for a whole nother day. I've been writing stuff about this too. That is not unity. There are levels of unity in the natural and how we function, but there is a There is a unity of the Spirit that supersedes all those things that I do believe is here and ready to to be presented to any man, any body, capital B, who are willing to lay aside their personal positions and preferences in order for the Spirit of the living God to unify them 
in an unexpected place with an unexpected brother. I believe that's part of, of what this age is about. All the prophesied things. I believe that's a component within it. So we'll leave that at that. So friends, examine your heart. Examine it. Look hard in there. Check your motives. Check your heart. Why do you do what you do? Why do you want to see people changed? It's okay for us to admit that perhaps, even in small measure, we have tainted the awesome work of God. Let's be purified. Let's be clean. Let's be clear. Amen.